0: Every day is upside down, in Hi and welcome to the Söngjiländ show where everybody's upside down and even in Iceland where there are like figuratively speaking like 10 inhabitants.
1: <laughs> a bit more but yeah.
0: <laughs> even there people love to stand on their hands and I found myself a small handstand heaven. Well actually it's one of the coolest gyms I've ever been to and it has three coaches, the owners, who really know their stuff. So I'm really excited to be here. And this is Hegi, who's actually a physicist. He has a PhD. But you kind of ended up here being the handstand teacher yeah. in Iceland, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's
1: uh it's a it's a long story, but I'll try to keep it short. And yeah. So I basically I played football as a kid, and around when I was 14, I ended up tearing my doctors, both my left and right side, separate years, and then I tore both of them at the same time the third year. After that, being 16, not being able to run, not being able to move, basically, couldn't really do much other than just, you know, sit, watch TV, play video games. I just quit football, quit moving, and kind of got this kind of, this taste for exercising, basically, because I, I just couldn't. And you're 16, you're kind of going through this phase of growing up, so I just said, no, I'm not going to exercise. Uh, so I stopped, and uh, played video games, studied physics for about 10 years, achieved my PhD actually just early last year. Um, but kind of in the middle of all of that, I realized that I was getting, first of all, overweight. I was close to hundred kilos. What? I could not reach my toes. I was working in a kindergarten between my masters and my PhD. And one morning we were sitting in class with the kids like gym class with them. And I was trying to reach my toes. I was telling the kids actually to reach their toes. I'm like, you do it too. And I would sit and I would be like, oh, I can't go further than this. At the time, I didn't do anything about it. Everyone just laughed, it was super funny. Oh, he's super stiff. But then about maybe three or four months later, had some dramatic things happen in my personal life that I won't go into, and decided to do something about my life. But at that point, super inflexible, super weak with these nagging injuries in my hips I decided okay what do I know how to do I know how to run I used to run a lot when I was playing football so I'm gonna go out for a run couldn't after five minutes I was just like in pain all over my body had to limp back home and like take a shower of shame afterwards because I just felt <laughs> like shit but what I could do was stretch so as a physicist I wanted to research everything that I did so I went on the internet and googled how to How do you become flexible? I found Reddit, which is, I guess, uh, a group of forums or something where people talk together and found like a flexibility subreddit, as they call them. I found what's called a bodyweight fitness subreddit, and I found that you can do a lot of exercises just in your own home. Um, I tried to do some of the exercises and this is actually the first time that I tried to stand on my hands. I haven't told you this yet, but the first time when I tried to stand on my hands, five years ago, uh, because I'd read it on the internet, I read like, oh yeah, it's great to learn how to stand on your hands. Wait a
0: second, so this was five Five years years ago. ago. You were kidding me.
1: So five years ago, first time in my life I'm trying to balance on my hands. Not even that, I just read on the internet that it's a great exercise to do a handstand. And And was it
0: when you were still overweight?
1: Yes, (laughs) I had just begun losing weight but I probably only at that time lost about two or three kilos so I was still quite overweight but I decided okay you know I I, I played football for years I was always athletic of course I can do a handstand against the wall because gladly I read that you should do a handstand against the wall at first (laughs) very gladly because this story does not end well. So I go up chest to the wall again gladly then after about five seconds, I realized that I didn't read further in the paragraph then on how to get down. So I was up there upside down. I had never been upside down before, except when I was like five or something. And I realized I don't know how to get down. I was living in a 25 square meter apartment in Portugal, just starting my PhD. And I just crashed down, kicked my shin right on the post of my bed and limped for about two or three weeks. Hopefully and understandably, I didn't do another handstand for a year. Mm. So I went on to stretch, I started eating better, I started doing kind of like boot camp exercises where you're running a lot, where you're not stretching, you're just running, you're doing push-ups, pull-ups, body weight squats, a lot of you know, kind of <laughs> basically, uh, and in about six months, coupled with these simple stretching routine, that I found on Reddit called Starting Stretching and Molding Mobility, I could run without any pain. And even even when I was still playing football when I was 16, I always had to wear these really tight, like blue pants that would mm. keep like my legs warm while I was running and before I started running. And I could even get rid of them. So just after six months of stretching and doing these things, I was just like fixed, in a sense. I, like I still felt mm. pain if I did too much and you know, I couldn't do heavy squats because that kind of messed with my doctors and stuff. Mm. But I was getting way, way better than I ever had been. So I realized like flexibility is at least as important as everything else, mm. probably even more important, especially for someone coming out of a background where you're super inflexible. Mm. Um, it's a
0: prerequisition.
1: Basically, if you can't perform the movement that you're going to perform, you can't perform it, but people still do, right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> I good. did this for about a year. So this was, so I started this about five years ago, Uh, and of course, what do you do then when you, okay, you want to get flexible, what do you do when you're, now that you've lost the weight and maybe you want to go to public classes or something, you go to yoga. So I signed up for a beginner's course in what's called Astanga Yoga, and I practiced that for about two years until it messed up my knees. So basically the tight ductors from being torn led down straight to the inner meniscus of both of my knees actually and all the lotus poses and everything in yoga ended up really like kind of messing with them and they're both torn and still are. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually gone into surgery or anything to fix them but I can still sit and I can still do uh, a lot of things and that's actually with the help of Einar who I'll tell you a bit about later. But, but basically around the time when I'm quitting yoga I'm realizing wait, I need to, now I need to identify something else. After I got into shape again, or kind of this first year or the first year or two, I had kind of started identifying as a Yogi and all my friends were like, oh yeah, he's always doing yoga now. He's doing yoga. now. He used to do physics, but now he does yoga and does does all this crazy stuff, but he's doing yoga. But then I realized like, wait, I'm I'm not practicing yoga anymore. I'm not doing yoga. And I kind of got this bug that I wanted to balance on my hands. Uh, I, it was, you know, you would see it, especially in yoga. You would see like, oh yeah, the great teachers. Mm-hmm. They can all balance on their hands, but no one else can. So like, wait, maybe I should try to learn that. And initially I signed off for, you know, gymnastic bodies. I did their course. You know, the six months of the stick dislocates back and yeah. forth, you know, until you yeah. could do it with some requirements, which was great. You know, i opened open up my shoulders, but I still couldn't do a handstand. That's usually how I put it. Like, yeah, I did six months of mobility, still couldn't do a handstand. At that point, I was still like, I was trying to kick up occasionally, but I wasn't really doing any proper training for it. So this is about three years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's usually when I say, when I started yeah. training. That's when I decided I'm going to learn a handstand, but like I said, I technically did my first five years ago and crashed. Yeah. And four years ago I was still doing something like occasionally before boot camp practices. I was like, let's try to kick up. Mm. Didn't work. You know, as it usually does. So three years ago I did the gymnastic body stuff. Eventually that led into that. I wanted a more personalized program. So I did online coaching with Emmett Lewis. Uh, both for flexibility and strength.
0: How was that for you?
1: Uh, it was very nice. He's He is great. He is actually amazing in terms of that, because he is, especially for the flexibility stuff, he he's a wizard, as people call him. He, he it's, It just seems that, like, he will look at your splits, whether it be middle splits or front splits, and he will just say, you need this exercise. Mm-hmm. You do it, and just like, <clears throat> everything happens. I am actually his most troublesome student. Uh, <laughs> In terms of middle splits, because of my adductors, there seems to be some restrictions. So we're actually trying a lot of different stuff these days to see just like, how can we unlock them? Because I've actually had it happen now since I started training. So
0: uh, when is it that it hasn't worked for you?
1: <laughs> a lot fit. of things have worked, <laughs> but the, the interesting thing is that it only seems to work for a little bit. So about, uh, so let's see. So it was two years ago, just two and a half years ago when I actually started training for the middle splits because when I started doing yoga and in Ashtanga yoga, if, if any of you know Ashtanga yoga, you might know that the primary series of Ashtanga yoga has very little to do with middle splits. It's mm-hmm. mostly forward bending and slight back bending and yeah. some twists, but there's no, there's no adductor stuff, no like glute med strengthening or anything. So I got very flexible with forward bending, back bending, the rotations and all that, but no middle splits. And I basically just decided, like, I tore my adductors, why would I even want to stretch them? But yeah. at that point, you know, mm. thinking back, that's a pretty stupid thing to think. But but I understand myself back then, because as soon as I tried to go into any kind of middle splits, it was just like pain, 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 panic, 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 and I couldn't do anything. Mm. Um, but then it told me like, sure, we can start working on it. So I started working on it. Um, but these interesting things have been happening since, basically for the past two and a half years, that is that it seems to come in about six month phases where I will progress. Actually, sometimes I'll progress quite a lot. There's pictures on my Instagram where I actually go quite deep into middle splits you know, my calves will touch the floor. Mm. I think the max that I've ever done is my knees actually touching the floor and just the crotch kind of being a few centimeters off, but usually, and usually completely out of nowhere, I'll then regress. And it's not after Mm. a particularly difficult session or a heavy session. I've actually, usually it will be something like I'll completely max it out. I'll be fine for a few weeks. And then I'll kind of crash and lose basically everything I did in the past three months, Interesting. which is some kind of like panic feeling in my doctors. It's, how do you want to explain it? I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I'm a physicist, not a biologist or a physician or anything, but it, it seems to be that the doctors are somehow reliving the injury.
0: Yeah. Well, probably they have some kind of muscle memory. They have
1: some kind of muscle memory from the injury mm. and they're like, dude, we don't like you doing this. So we're actually trying a lot of different and weird things. We're like, you should do, I'll do three different middle split sets. Mm-hmm. And all of them will be wearing a different t-shirt.
0: What? Just to
1: give a different <laughs> sensation of the stretch. All right. So maybe the first one is in a tight t-shirt. So then you feel like, oh yeah, it's, it's kind of tight. But then the next one might be shirtless. And the last one would be like a white t-shirt. Because that will create okay. like a different, it's a different set. Even though you're doing yeah. technically the same exercise. And so sometimes I'll do it in socks mm-hmm. on like these mats. Sometimes I'll do it on sliders on a super slide floor, floor, like the hardwood floor. Yeah. And like, and then you're creating, like you're doing the same exercise, but it's like the setup is a bit different to create this kind of image in your mind that you're actually doing a different thing, even though mm-hmm. you're doing the same exercise. And, and it seems to be working and there's been no regression so far. Um, but the progress is a bit slower because I am also being more careful. I'm, you know, right. hoping, yeah. But basically after training with Amit for about a year, uh, he basically recommended Mikhail to me. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, what was it? A year, uh, uh, over a year and a half ago, I think it was November 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my daughter was one years old. And uh, how so I remember dates these days, how old my kids <laughs> are, not how old I was or dates it's just like how old my kids were. Um, and I started online training with him. And this was kind of, it was, it was twofold. The reason why I go to him is that first of all, I felt like I wasn't making the progress I wanted to make in towards the one arm. Mm -hmm. And I was having this nagging wrist injury, not injury, just pain in my left wrist. Mm -hmm. It was not an injury. I've actually been quite lucky with injuries. I haven't had any big injuries in my shoulders or anything. It's all been in the lower body, (laughs) but, uh,
0: Makes it easier for handstands.
1: Kinda, yeah. But I basically I I talk to him and I at first I'm just like I want to you know I want to get better so I can start progressing properly on the one arms and everything. And you've met Mikael, so you know how he is. Um, And I guess you guys will have watched an interview with him, right? So you will also know how he is. I'm just gonna make fun of him now, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) No, but but I sent him a message, like a personal message on Facebook, like, hey, my name is Helge, I'm a student of Emmets, and I would like to do online coaching with you. He sees the message and he doesn't reply, and I'm like, "Hmm, okay, sure, maybe he's busy or something. So I, you know, I go do something else, change a diaper, I don't know, I don't know what I was doing. I come back, and there's this huge wall of text from Mikhail. So basically, the first thing he did Rather than replying to me saying like, hi, and, okay, great, you know, I'm mean, blah blah blah, he just goes straight to my Instagram, looks at all of my handstand videos, <laughs> and writes commentary on them what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> so he's like, oh yeah, in this one your chest your like chest is a bit arched. Oh, in this one you're doing this incorrectly, and this one you're doing this incorrectly, and we can fix all of this. But he's just like, and I'm like, yeah, I want to work with this guy. This is going to be cool. great, really cool. So for I do like one, like half a phase basically with him. I trained with him for six weeks because at this point we had also booked a workshop with him here through motion Mm -hmm. impulse. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, so I knew he was on the way. So I had this idea that I would do six weeks with him Then he would actually show up here. We could do some in-person training and then I would do another three months with him. And basically in those six weeks, what I thought would be me training for the one arm, was just me fixing my line. (laughs) Shoulder shoulder placement, doing a lot of looking at toe stuff, a lot of tucks, a lot of pikes, you know, I was, you know, but in those six weeks, my line got much better. My wrist pain actually disappeared Mm. because it was due to my line. My line was making the weight shift too far Mm -hmm. forward in my hand. And I was also, because of that, I was a bit, like, misaligned mm-hmm. kind of in this plane rather than this plane, so I was a bit rotated as well. Oh. Which meant that every time I dropped out of the handstand, I would go over my left wrist, go over the left wrist, and just doing that, you know, train for 90 minutes, two hours every day, which I was doing at that point. Just it was just too much load on it. It wasn't a matter of something like injury or something being ruined, it was just a matter of you were putting too much stress on it. Mm. As Mikhail says, it's. It's load management most of the time. It's nothing to yeah. do with the right exercises, just like don't do too much whatever that means. means different for you, means different for me. So So that's basically and then from then on I've just been doing like on and off online coaching with him. Trying to chase him around the world, which is very hard yeah. when he's performing on shifts in <laughs> Asia and, and, and Africa. But you know. And well, he you was know, just in Norway. He was just so in okay, Norway, you know. but I just had a kid, so you know it's, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So awesome, that you just had uh, your third child. Yep. Thanks. And how does that affect your practice now?
1: Uh, a lot. Uh, I've basically had to reduce my volume by a lot, um, almost by about half after he was born. Mm. But it's not because I don't have the time because he will take long naps and, you know, I can still come here and do stuff. But it's mostly just, you know, when you don't sleep. Especially if you don't get the continuous sleep. You're always waking up every two or every three hours. Mm. You know, it, it just, you're a bit tired, but I'm still managing to progress. That's what I'm very happy about. I was I was a bit afraid that I would actually stall or even regress, but I am managing to progress still, so.
0: You know, that's really interesting yeah. um, because we were just traveling around Iceland for nine days yeah. and we were sitting in a car, basically, basically living in the car yeah. and sleeping there and eating there. and. <laughs> I was so scared that I would lose my handstands yes. and I just did like the minimal stuff just to keep it. Yeah. Outside in the wind. break yeah, yes. <laughs> Of iPhone. <laughs> um, but I came back here mm-hmm. and I actually feel like I improved.
1: Yeah. No, it's, I, I, like, I actually took the longest break that I've done in the past two and a half years from handstands when he was born out. I actually did not take this long of a break when my daughter was born mm-hmm. in, in, in 2015 but I did take a 10 day break now. Yeah. Like I didn't do any half times. On the ninth day, I was like, shit, I wonder if I can do this still. Yeah. Kicked up in my living room, and still could. And on the 10th day, I go back and do a practice here at the gym and it was fine. So so what I felt that disappeared was my endurance. Mm. My balance was fine. Actually, a bit better because I was completely rest, like completely rested. I was not. I had not mm. slept well. I was eating like shit because you don't have time to make any dinners or anything. But your shoulders
0: were recovered. But my
1: shoulders were fine. There yeah. were like there was no there was no soreness from any previous training or anything. So it was, it was going, it was going really well, um, but my endurance was crap. I couldn't do the three hours that I usually did. Mm. And I think there is this weird balance because I feel it and I'm sure you do too. If you miss one day, especially if you miss two days, the day after coming back is usually going to be bad. Yeah. And and I remember Mikhail always told me that, like taking one day off, it's okay, but you should probably try to do something. So two days off, you're going to have to work for it, you have to have to work for it to come back. But then if you rest for a bit longer, then your body seems to kind of like...
0: Grab onto it. Grab onto yeah. it
1: better. So there's this like, there's this like danger zone of two to yeah. five, six days where you're like, if you're going to rest long, you should at least rest a week, I think. But uh, never rest somewhere between two or seven days. I don't know.
0: I'm not sure about <laughs> no, that. No, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know, I've noticed um, after, well, it wasn't a break for nine days, yeah. but it was just minimal training and yeah. um, I was really, well recovered on the first day yeah so it went well yeah but the next but day but then
1: the next day is shit. It was shit. It's, yeah. it, it's, this, it's it's weird it's i am i've also been wondering is it like that you get a bit of beginner's luck again <laughs> it's like yeah. you come back after 10 days like oh yeah i'm a beginner again now i'm really good and then you start being shit again yeah. <laughs> right afterwards yeah who knows yeah uh
0: you have a lot of clients too right like yeah. a lot of students and yeah. uh we saw your yeah. class yesterday it was packed
1: Yeah. So what know,
0: exactly is it you're offering here at the
1: gym um so we so i think it's four things that so we offer three types of classes mm-hmm. and then we offer private systems as well so let's start with the classes so obviously we offer hands-on classes <laughs> and uh, i usually run them and um, every other month a bit more frequent than that but it, it has to like line around all the holidays and stuff that we have, mm-hmm. but I try to do like four-week courses where we will meet once or twice a week with homework in between. Uh, because one of the most important things that I feel is that people actually get the, the dedication of actually practicing on their own. Mm-hmm. So I think the homework part is very important. Rather than teaching them three or four times a week and actually holding their hand through the whole process, Absolutely. I find it helps much more to just teach them once a week maybe And then they have to work out once or twice at home by themselves. Do they do it? No, but the people that do, they progress the most. Yeah. And the people that don't, I mean, this is going to sound pretty harsh, but they don't come back. So, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but maybe they need handholding. So maybe, maybe it would be better to do some kind of mix between the two. And that's usually what I'm experimenting with a bit. Mm -hmm. So for example, this summer, I am actually doing three courses, three, three classes this week. But that's also because it's summer. It's very hard to get people to show up every Monday for four weeks in July. Mm. You're on vacation and you're not going to sign up for it, but we'll compactify it down to one week and then it's going to be much better. And people, obviously since since it was packed, it it, it worked. Um, After the handstand stuff, I've also been doing a bit of handstands for kids. Cool. Uh, but they get, unless they have a background, they get tired very quickly. Mm-hmm. And and that's again, it's it, it, it's this weird thing that we get. I get kids who are into gymnastics or into dance. And, you know, they're very physically aware. They know how to do stuff. And they just, they come here to kind of refine their handstand. They can kick up into a handstand, they can hold it for a few seconds, but they can't actually balance it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what they're here for. But then I also get the kids who are like, they don't fit into football. They don't fit into group sports. They don't even fit into the, the other sports where you have to kind of be like this, oh, you know, the kind of get kind of buff and, you know, going crazy over something. They, they don't fit into it because they might be, you know, they might like something else, but they still want to, you know, move and do things. Mm. Dance is maybe a, too big of a step for them because it's kind of all out in the open you know, 15 year old guy who's been sitting in front of the computer for the last three years and you know, then kind of put him in a dance class. You yeah. should put him in a dance class because that's going to help him a lot, but yeah. he's not going to go there. Yeah. But with the handstand stuff, it's kind of calm enough. It's still mm. kind of, it's for yourself. It's not to, well, eventually it's going to going to be to show other people maybe, but at first it's just for you. You get flexible at the same time. So, so that's kind of the two groups we get also with the adults. So we do get the people who are like, I'm in CrossFit. I need to walk on my hands i need to learn how to stand on my hands we, we get those like like and then we get like old gymnasts like oh yeah i used to be able to stand on my hands and i'm show you and you can stand on your hands i want to learn it again yeah and actually a lot of our students who are like our regular clients in the other classes they're actually old gymnasts who and this is exactly what they want to do And they're mm-hmm. like oh yeah i used to do gymnastics i don't like the adult gymnastic classes that i've been to because they're just like a lot of conditioning Mm -hmm. So I want to come here to actually learn the skills that I used to be able to do. Mm -hmm. But then we also get the people who are like, yeah, I don't fit anywhere else, Mm -hmm. which is really nice. I think it creates a really nice atmosphere because people are here because they want to be here. Mm -hmm. But then apart from the Hanslin classes, we have the movement classes and the Wim Hof classes. So the movement classes, as the name suggests, is kind of like this. I like to, I like to say that they're inspired by the first generation of movement practices from Edo Portal. So it started with Einat, who, uh, mm-hmm. who you met yesterday and today, I guess, as well. Um, so he went to a seminar by Ido. Uh, he practiced on his own for about a year, I think. Did some online coaching with Ido. Went to other seminars from other people. He has a black belt in Taekwondo, as he might have told mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, Was kind of, well, that's where he gets his intensity from. <laughs> <laughs> but then we've kind of been evolving it. So we we interact a lot with Emmett, we interact a lot with Mikhail. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been doing uh, seminars with Kit Laughlin of social therapy and I'm actually doing his uh, part A, which is kind of like his teacher training, but I don't think he calls it a teacher training, but it is kind of the the first step in in starting to teach it properly in in terms of like them educating you on how Mm -hmm. to teach it. So we are, we're just taking this idea that you should take the best things from all kinds of practices and putting it into one practice Mm -hmm. we're just taking that idea and what we feel works not what someone else feels but what we feel works is
0: Mm -hmm. that the
1: right way no but it's not right for anyone else either because different things work for different people
0: do you have any um specific way to assess what works for your clients and whatnot
1: well i mean or is it very individual it's very individual but and this will kind of tie into the, the private sessions as well. I mean, tight hip flexors, everyone says too much in front of a computer with closed hips all day and it starts much earlier because uh, when we're five, when we're six, we are put on a chair in front of a teacher and we'll take basically our largest growth spurt in our lives. One, mm-hmm. nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, whatever. Like for me, I grew like 20 centimeters in one summer. Gladly, I was playing outside and doing stuff. Yeah. But I've heard larger stories. I've I, I've seen people grow like sixty centimeters in a year or something. Just like they'll just grow. they like they'll wake up one day and just like I just grew three centimeters. It's just mm-hmm. like something. Maybe sad. the guy behind the camera. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but if you do that while you're sitting, your femur is going to grow. Yeah your quads and all the muscles are going to get left behind you're because not you're not stretching. To are you yeah. not stretching when you're 10? No. And you're going to stand up and you won't be able to extend anymore. That's going to then cause problems yeah. down the line, up the line, especially if you're doing sports, you know, change the way that you're doing sports. So, so that's kind of the foundation we use for everything. This yeah. kind of, is there some imbalance in a muscle that's pulling on something that will then create these kind of, Imbalances to the rest of the body. So tight hips will usually lead down to the knees and up the back because you know mm. stiffness in one part of the body will either bleed down or up. So for mm. example, handstands. What will your tight shoulders do? You will either arch your back or bend your elbows.
2: Mm.
1: Tight hips you will bend your knees or arch your back. So it's always either up or down. So so we say that the flexibility kind of bleeds to the joint either above or below. So mm. so that's usually what we think about and. You know, if ha, have you looked at any of the private sessions when they're doing them yet? A little bit, yeah. yeah you so, have
0: these kind of walkers?
1: Yeah, so it's just like, you know, walkers for that old people use. But yeah. that's usually because say you're, you're stretching your hip flexors, you want to be as upright as possible to extend that. So, so it's just to help them. And a chair in your home works just as fine. Yeah, we uh, use yoga blocks in there. Right, yeah. So, but but a lot of the people we get in the private sessions, and, and this is probably a good time to switch over to that, is that we we get people from all around so we get people so actually just what was it two or three weeks ago Thor gets a client she could not walk up the stairs here so she went for a meniscus surgery in I think October last year and originally she signed up for half cruises because she she heard like oh yeah the cold and the breathing can help you recover but then like she found out that we're on the second floor and she's just like I don't think I can walk up and she found out that our cold tubs you have to, you know, stab into them. Mm-hmm. They're actually quite high up. And, she could. and she's like, I, I don't think I can do that. So we're like, maybe OK, you know, if you want, we also have these private systems where we, where we work with you. So we offered her that and she mm-hmm. came in for those and she started to feel a bit better. So we have that on one end of the spectrum. On the other end of the spectrum, we've also been doing strength training programming for national level gymnasts. Yeah. You know, training for you know airplanes, multis and, yeah. and elevators and all these kind of things. We can't do them, but the methodology kind of allows us to program the strength training for it mm. because technically strength training program is quite simple. Yeah. But then you just have to be with with all the gymnastic moves, you have to be a bit smart with the levers and how can you kind of regress the motions for them to try trium- it, because a lot of the problems here in Iceland with gymnastics because uh, yeah let's say this (laughs) (laughs) so Icelandic (laughs) gymnasts are they're good but they're not great but we have great crossfitters we have great strong men Mm. but we don't have great gymnasts we have good gymnasts they're they're Mm. good and they have and especially in the in the group gymnastics where they're doing more of the choreography and all that we have great gymnasts there But in the strength training part, like on the rings and the Mm -hmm. apparatus, we are not getting amazing results, which we obviously want. You know, we were at the World Cup, and you know. Yeah, many good athletes come
0: from Iceland.
1: We have a lot of good athletes. So, and I'm not saying that there's one simple fix to this, but I, but I think a part of the problem is that is that when the when the Soviet Union split apart, we got a lot of immigrants from you know former Yugoslavian mm-hmm. places. They didn't speak English, didn't speak Icelandic. They, they came, and a lot of them were gymnastic trainers. So they came in, and they couldn't communicate to the kids what they were supposed to do. So they would just show them. So there's a lot of like, do this, do this, do this, do that, do this. Mm-hmm. Not explain why or Another do it. Time. And then now these second generation teachers are teaching. And they're just doing it again. Like, yeah. how do you do an iron cross? Try. Yeah. So one of the first examples of this that we actually got here was a guy who's on the national team for and Gymnastics. He he comes in, he's doing the cross and it twists. So as he, he starts going down, he's straight he's straight around forty-five degrees with his arms, he twists to the side. What's wrong? Hmm. Well, his teachers or trainers just say, don't twist <laughs> so that was that was that was, that was like how do you fix it don't twist so when he was practicing they would stand over and say don't twist don't twist don't twist!" scream at him don't twist in the competition they were screaming don't twist he twisted of course. so he comes here yeah. what, what are we so, so there's some some obviously because of the twist there's some imbalance how do we look for that balance okay shoulders were fine actually they were not fine they were they were pretty stiff but that's kind of to be expected for someone who's doing crosses and not and stuff Um, So we start looking at his core, plank, obviously fine, plank on one arm, obviously fine. So where do you go from there? So we Mm. we make him do a plank with one arm on the ring and the other arm off the floor. Mm. One side, perfectly fine. There's no movement. We were actually super impressed when he does it, like, wow, this is great. Does the other side, can't even hold it. Mm. We fix that. He goes to next competition, straight iron cross. So, awesome. so, so that's usually so the private sessions usually evolve, revolve around this. Mm-hmm. Whether it's for the gymnast, the football player, the you know, swimmer, the whatever athlete, or for the person who just has back pain because they're sitting all day. That's usually the easy fix.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You sit all day, that means that your front line, whole front line. It's like fine. abs, quads, hip flexors, psoas, even a duct, like everything here is tight gonna pull you into that position, even when you try to stand up, which will then kind of try to be compensated by your back, which is mm-hmm. usually you to be the back pain. Or, yes. you know, the guy who gets pain when jumping up into a header in football or something. And then it's just like looking at the movement pattern, what are the prerequisites for that movement pattern? Do you mm-hmm. have them? If the answer is no to any of them, we fix that. And usually then the problem will mostly get fixed Mm-hmm. Obviously, then they're moving in a new movement pattern, and then they have to learn how to use that movement pattern. So, there's usually some kind of re education going on after that. But but that's usually kind of what we do in the private sessions for mm-hmm. people. And, and it, it's ranging from, you know, like I said, people who can barely walk over to national level gymnasts and everything in between. So, awesome. Yeah. And then we kind of continue this on to the classes that we do. So, mm-hmm. when we're teaching people how to stand on their hands, we use the same kind of idea, so mm-hmm. we just call it mobility stability load. If you don't have the mobility or flexibility to do something, there's no way you will be able to create any stability. So why should you load that position?
2: Yeah, yeah. If
1: you put too much load, your stability will break down, and then you, your mobility will break down. So, so if, and we've actually we that's basically the only thing we'll ever write down because everything else seems to follow from this. So
0: yeah that's like the most basic thing
1: and basically and everything just follows so yeah but then basically the Wim Hof classes for for those of you who don't know Wim Hof he's a as, as I usually put him Thor will definitely he would definitely describe him differently I just say he's a crazy Dutchman <laughs> who does a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff involving cold things that's basically how I describe him which is great they but call it,
0: him Iceman Iceman
1: but it basically turns out that this exposure to cold, coupled with breathing exercises, has amazing benefits.
0: For the immune system. For the immune system,
1: for blood circulation, for, for your respiratory system, for pain, chronic for pain. For mobility. For mobility. <laughs> for like, we've, we've been experimenting with like, we'll be doing strength sets. So one of these things that we've been doing is that we will do like three rep max of some movement, like push mm-hmm. ups, pull ups, whatever. We'll find a pull-up and push-up progression that you can do for three reps. And we'll do like on the minute, we'll do the pushing variation, then we'll breathe until the next minute, and then we'll do the pulling variation, then we'll do the Wim Hof breathing in between. We'll just do it. And you know, if any of you know the Wim Hof breathing, it's kind of it you kind of get a bit more oxygen from doing it. And it seems like just from trying this, we were able to add two or three sets. Without fatiguing as fast, so it seems to be like really helping. So, so there seems to be a lot of like avenues for research. And so mm-hmm. obviously, I'm very interested in this. My background comes from research. There has thing. actually been. So then they've done all, all where
0: they put, uh, E. coli bacteria? Yeah. So
1: so they put a dead system. dead E. coli bacteria on so mm-hmm. my, my my mother. Works with E. coli bacteria at the hospital here. Oh, so once he read this, it's like had had to have been dead because otherwise people die from getting live bacteria in them. So a dead E. coli bacteria were was like injected into him. Actually, Wim Hof at first, but then he did. He trained I think twelve people to do this, mm-hmm. and then were twelve untrained individuals also did it. And basically, the people had been doing the Wim Hof method. They were able to contain the effects. Mm-hmm. I, or like suppress, I guess is the better word. They were not, they they, they they didn't completely get rid of the effects, but they would be able to like suppress them mm-hmm. and, and kind of contain them through in a the way breathing. through the breathing, through mm-hmm. having been exposed to cold and kind of, mm-hmm. and actually in Iceland, we've been doing this for a long time, it just wasn't called it in Hof method. we've been swimming in the ocean for as long as we've been here, I think mm-hmm. there, there's some, in some of the Norse, like the, the Icelandic sagas, there's this guy called Græhtir, and in one of his sagas, he swam to one of the islands here, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so there's like, and there's a lot of people if you will go, and maybe you should actually go there. There's this place called here Nøytungsvik in, here in the city, mm-hmm. This is like an artificial beach. They imported white sand to put on the beach, mm-hmm. and you can go swim in the ocean, and there's a hot tub there and change moves and everything. So you should check it out if, you, if, you, if you're interested. So, but we've been doing it for a long time. And I had actually been swimming in the ocean once before I heard of Imhoff. Mm-hmm. So, and that was mainly because it's like when I started training again, five years ago, you know, doms and all that, I got very mm-hmm. sore. And people said like, you should go swim in the ocean to get rid of the doms. Mm-hmm. And it helped. Yeah. I would, I would work out, I would go to work, I would, I would then go either to yoga class or to the ocean to swim mm-hmm. and I would feel so much better. I felt like it helped at least as much as stretching to get rid of doms. So it felt great. So Yeah, I had
0: the same experience. And, and,
1: and if you go there on like most days, even in the winter, even in January, you will see tens, like 20, 30, 40, even 50 people early January who will yeah. be sitting in the hot tub and then going for a cold day yeah. in the ocean. And at that time, the ocean can sometimes go below zero mm. because of the salinity. So 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 it's yeah. So yeah that's basically, basically
0: basically training the vascular system basically, to, to yeah. adapt to yeah. the temperature yeah. to, um, yeah delayed and contract.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a muscle basically. That's, mm. that's how Ford puts it. So he's the expert. I just we'll talk to him. Later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah.
0: Um, one last question. Yep. Do you have any advice for uh, beginners who start out on a handstand journey?
1: I, I mean, technically, there is probably a best way to learn a handstand. But I, and I, I picked this up very early, mainly because I was, like I said, I was overweight, I was inflexible. And there's this thing that people call paralysis by analysis. Hmm. And the opposite of that, I think, is the, the best program for you is the one that you do. <laughs> I love that <laughs> <laughs> So when, especially when you're beginning, it's very easy to think like, oh shit, should I do three sets or five sets? Should I do eight reps or five reps? Should I do this or that? Should I do this exercise or that exercise? If, if you're only thinking about that and you don't do the exercises, it doesn't matter. The important part is that you actually do the work. Yeah. Once you've gotten into the kind of habit or pattern or you've actually managed to fit it into your daily life for weeks or even months or years. Because that's yet. the hard part. That's the hard part. Mm-hmm. It's the consistency. And at first, sure, it matters. I'm not I'm going to tell you that. Just do anything. I mean, I tried that. It didn't work. <laughs>
2: well, but you everybody have, starts have. like that. Right. right? That's and the thing. You so you develop start.
1: Develop then the you realize that there is something more to it. Yeah. My epiphany was in a park in Portugal during my PhD. I was trying to kick up on some gravel, you know, super banana. I thought I was holding balance, but I wasn't. I was just, you know, I was how, how, did, how did Buzz Lightyear say? it? I don't remember anything else. It's mm-hmm. this, yeah, but, but there's this thing like you're you're not like like Woody actually tells Buzz Lightyear this like you're not flying, you're falling with style. Yeah. That's basically what I was doing at that point. And this was about four and a half years ago. And at one point, and I always joke about this where I'm not sure if I mentioned this or if this was actually real. I'm in this park and kicking up with a handstand and I'm, you know, not flying. I'm just falling in style. Mm. And then this like maybe 12 year old Portuguese girl shows up, like looks at me, sees me kick up, sees me fall down, laughs and says, more strong here, and then just walks away, disappears into the, into the <laughs> forest or something, you know? So I'm like, wait, maybe there is more to it. And that's kind of, that was kind of the turning point. That's when I kind of like started reading about it, started actually thinking that there might be more to this than simply throwing your legs in the air and trying to catch mm-hmm. it. And there obviously is. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I guess we've all started with just doing anything and I think that's you just said it exactly the way it is. You just have to start somewhere and do it because then you'll get interested and then you'll start like to figure out what works. Yeah. And And
1: it's, and it's also like, should everyone want a handstand press? Yes, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it's okay not to want it. It's yeah. okay to be fine with just conquering the fear of being upside down because that's also a great part of the gym here is that we we don't only get the people who are like super enthusiastic and want to have a one arm and want to press and want mm-hmm. to do all the crazy stuff. A lot of the people, they just come in and they maybe want to try something new. they want to yeah, conquer the fear of being upside down. Maybe, maybe they want some balance on the floor and that's great, but maybe that's all they want. And that's fine because maybe they just have something else that they want to focus on. Maybe
0: they just want to experience their body. Yeah,
1: a so, so a lot of, for me, the teaching, both in terms of like for me and how to like convey what I'm trying to teach and also just for me personally and trying to make the students understand it is that different people have different goals. So yesterday in the class, for example, I have a woman, she's been training since September last year. I think she's born 1963, same year as my mother, Uh, no background in any gymnastics or anything. So she came to the first handstand class in August last year. Couldn't kick up, could barely get up against the wall, no, nothing. Yesterday, I managed to spot her in a handstand. Like, here's, this is your point. Now you just need to learn how to hold it. And she's just like, I just need to learn this before I turn 60. <laughs> like, I just want to like be able to kick up, It looks like I'm still and then come down.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: In the same group, I had the former gymnast who came to the, to the, the to the, the beginner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Could already press off the floor. Yeah. Then you have to teach the same group,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the same exercises, but you have to be able to scale in for everyone and you have to be able to explain to everyone, like, your goals are different to your goals are different to your goals. And that means that your training is going to be very different. So I, I try to always keep it very open, but obviously if someone comes to me and says, I want to learn the one arm hands, then I'll say it takes a lot of time. It's very hard and you have to be very committed and you have to do it right. Mm-hmm. But not everyone is there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it's very, it, it's very different. And I think like teaching in this place has really helped because, because we have the whole spectrum yeah. and it's so great and we have. Because sometimes, you know, I'm teaching handstands and there's a private session in the corner. And that has actually worked to kind of like spark the interest in the people who have made me We've had people, you know, past 15 years, I've been in constant agony in my back. I thought I had no hope of never like being able to exercise again. They've done a few private sessions. They're still in the corner, you know, on stretching and everything. But then they're looking out, like in the same place that I'm now getting learning how to actually be not in pain. I can actually learn this stuff as well. So, mm-hmm. so we think about it as not like separate things, mm-hmm. not like private sessions, handstands, movement, Wim Hof. It's all the same thing.
2: Mm.
1: We use it for different things. Yeah. So, and it's like at different parts of stuff to overlap and everything. So, yeah.
0: Lifestyle.
1: Lifestyle, basically, and that, that's kind of what we want to advocate. Basically, it's yeah. the prime of lifestyle, not just you know yeah. the individual components of it. Well, I'm telling yeah. you, I fell in love with this yeah. gym. Like, it's always the very first day, can I work yeah. here? <laughs> it's very easy. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so cool. I feel yeah. like home. Yeah. That's, and that's basically what we want.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's really cool what you're doing yeah. here. And I hope that more people gain interest and maybe that more people come yeah. to take workshops yeah. or to give workshops. Because yeah. I feel like this is a place where there's a great energy yeah. and people... We, we, we,
1: we've had time. a lot of, work, we've had, I think, six workshops so far since mm-hmm. we opened here last July. No, we've had five here, but we have two in our old place. So, mm. But we're always trying to bring in new people because it's also, it helps a bit because we can usually have people do layovers. So if someone from the States is going to Europe to do a workshop tour, we'll be like to stop in Iceland and do a workshop as well. It's yeah. on the way. Yeah. Same for if you go from Europe to, to America. So we've had Yuri Marmerstein. We've had Emmet Lewis. We've had Mekal. Mm-hmm. We had Fatty Monkey in May. Uh, so we have. We're actually having a Garage Gym Girl uh, in November. So cool. I saw it. Yeah. So so we're so usually we organize it through Motion Impulse. So if, mm-hmm. so if so if people are interested into that, you can actually look on Motion Impulse to find what mm-hmm. what workshops we're hosting. We're in the only gym in Iceland that's hosting these workshops, so it's very easy to find. Um, and there's always cheap flights here as well. Like usually from both Europe and, and you and just have to book
0: early enough. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. There's usually early bird on workshops. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Thank Great. you so much
1: No problem. for being Thank on you. the
0: show and I wish you all the best.
1: Yeah, you as well. You know Kit Laughlin? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the opposite of Kit Laughlin yeah. because Kit Laughlin like <laughs> everything's smooth. like like when you're stretching, yeah. he'll come over to you and just like hands on your tummy and say like, "Breathe, my man, go soft." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like. <sighs> <laughs>